Well, we are in week three of our sermon series that we're calling Broken, Good News for Tough Times. And over the eight weeks of this sermon series, we are focusing on the lectionary readings from Paul's letter to the Romans. And specifically, what we're looking for in these lectionary readings is a word for us, a word to us in the midst of our brokenness, a word for us, a word to us in the midst of the world's brokenness. Our passage of Scripture today is this text from Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 39, and the title of the sermon today, as Hannah referred to in her children's message, is Inseparable. Inseparable. Now, I realize that I run the risk with a now 10-month-old baby girl of using her in too many of my sermon illustrations. But I also recognize that there's going to come a time where she will refuse to allow me to use her as a sermon illustration, so I want to make sure I get as many out of her as I can before that time arrives. Now, every single night, either Hillary or me, we, we rock. Liliana to sleep. And the reason why we rock her to sleep is first and foremost because that's the easiest way to get her to go to sleep. Hillary runs every day. That baby has been rocking every day even before she ever came out to be with us in the world. And yet there's another reason why we rock Liliana to sleep every night. And that's because so many of you have said you better enjoy each one of those snuggles, especially those night-night snuggles, because with every passing day, they become less and less frequent. Amen. You hear her say amen back there? <laughs> so every single night, we rock her to sleep. Now, even though I said it's easier for, for Liliana to go to sleep when we're rocking her, that doesn't mean that it's always easy. You all know that. If you've had children or grandchildren, you've taken care of kids at all, there are some nights where Liliana just doesn't think she's ready for bed. And so we sit down with her in that rocking chair, and, and all of a sudden she's trying to wiggle out of our lap, or she's trying to reach over and grab our drink or she's trying to play with my glasses, or she's trying to see what our dog Dash, Dasher, is doing on the floor by the rocking chair. It's tough sometimes to get her to go to sleep, but then there are those precious moments when she's just so sleepy and so tired that she buries her head into my chest and she begins to silently coo herself to sleep. And there aren't many things that I've enjoyed more than those moments where she is just drifting off to sleep in my arms. Now, I've done a little unscientific survey during this part of the evening. It is my professional opinion that you have to wait 15 minutes after she's gone to sleep before you try to transition from the rocking chair to the crib. If you rush this process at all, you will find that the baby wakes up, starts crying, and you have to go back to ground zero. For my money, and I don't know if Hillary agrees, 15 minutes is the sweet spot. 
before you shift her over to the crib. And in those 15 minutes, I don't know what Hillary does, probably the same thing that I do, I pray for this precious gift that God has given me. Now, I confess to you that in general, it is hard to know what to pray in any situation. It's hard to know how to pray. But I found that that's especially true as I'm holding my baby girl in my arms. Because I want life to be easy for her. I want it to always be pleasing for her, and yet, I don't want her to be spoiled. I want her to be happy all the time, and yet, I know that sometimes sadness can be one of the greatest motivators to change the things in our life or in the world that are unpleasant. I don't want her to ever experience any kind of suffering. And yet, my own life experience has taught me that some of the greatest times of growth I've ever experienced were born out of suffering. So I'm sitting here holding this baby, and I'm really not sure what to pray for. I'm really not sure how I should pray for her. It's really tough to know what to pray. It's really tough to know how to pray. And what makes it so tough is because all we can see is just this present moment. We have no real sense of the bigger picture that is going to take place one day. And yet, it's because you and I can't see the bigger picture. Sorry, Siri, I'll get back to you later. Um, it's because we can't understand the bigger picture. It's because we don't know how to pray. It's because we don't know what to pray for that makes these words from Paul such a great comfort to me. Because you see, when you don't know what to pray for, when you don't know how to pray, when you can't see the bigger picture, Paul says, it's okay. Because in those moments when you don't know what to pray for, in those moments when you don't know how to pray, in those moments when you are certain that you can't see the bigger picture, the Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf. The Holy Spirit, Paul says, in those moments is interceding for you. The Holy Spirit, Paul says, is at work in your life. And Paul says this, if we can just trust God, if we can just seek God, if we could just make ourselves open and available to the love of God, God will be at work in every situation, even the worst situations in life, and God can bring about good. But Paul says that if you don't trust God, if you don't seek God, 
if you're not open to the possibility of experiencing the love of God, then you might find yourself resenting some of the situations that you find yourself in. And you might find yourself being unable or unwilling to be open to or to look for the way that God might be working in those situations, working for good. Now, I don't pretend to understand all of this. It baffles me. I've studied this my entire life, and I still don't know that I've come up with satisfying answers all of the time. So I may not understand it, but let me be sure I always appreciate it. Because I stand before you today uh, without reservation claiming that what Paul has written in our passage of Scripture today has rung true in my life over and over and over again. In fact, I can't think of a time that I haven't seen this passage become true for me in my walk of faith. In those moments where I can't see the bigger picture and in those moments where I don't know how to pray and in those moments where I don't know what to pray for, this passage has always proven true. Paul says that the Holy Spirit knows you and knows me better than we know ourselves. The Holy Spirit knows what we need more than we know what we need for us. Not only that, Paul says that the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God far better than we know the mind of God. And so because the Holy Spirit knows you and me better than we know ourselves and knows what we need better than we know what we need, and because the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God better than we know the mind of God, and the Holy Spirit knows what God's desires for you and me are, the Holy Spirit is the perfect person to be praying for us when we don't know what to pray for or when we don't know how to pray. Because the Holy Spirit knows better than we do what we need. The Holy Spirit knows better than we do what God desires. And that puts the Holy Spirit in the perfect position of interceding on our behalf. Now, it doesn't mean that I uh, like not seeing the bigger picture. It doesn't mean that I'm always happy or content with some of the things that life throws at us. I certainly don't enjoy suffering. But what this does mean is that it doesn't matter what is going on in your life. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing. There is nothing that God can't use to bring about some good in our lives. Now, oftentimes, for me, it has only been in retrospect that I've been able to look back and see how God was working for good in some of those situations, but never in my life, when I have opened myself up to seeking God, and when I have, a, when I have pledged to trust God, and when I have been looking for evidence of the love of God, never once has God not been faithful in showing me how God was leading me through doing something good in my life, even in a moment that didn't appear to have anything good 
that could possibly come from him. Now that's not to say that there won't be moments in your life when things are happening that you are tempted to believe that God has withdrawn from you, that God has abandoned you, that God is neglecting you, that, that you've been separated from the love of God. In fact, Paul lists a lot of the things that when they happen to us, we are tempted to think this is separating me from the love of God, that God doesn't care, that God's not at work, and Paul reminds us that in the midst of all of those things, even then, we can be sure that nothing has separated us from the love of God. Jesus even said it. Jesus said, in this world there will be trouble. But then Jesus assured us, but even in the midst of trouble of the world, I have overcome it. As far back as the pages of this Bible can go, there have been instances where the people of God have experienced awful circumstances and suffering and terrible situations. And yet also found in the pages of this book is how God was working through those difficult times in order to bring about something good. What Paul is basically saying here is that God is never on vacation. That it doesn't matter what you and I are experiencing in life, if we will trust God, if we will <coughs> seek God, God will answer and God will do something good in our life. I don't know what the trouble is that you might be facing in your life today. If you're fortunate enough not to be experiencing trouble in your life today, brace yourself. Because it's going to happen. We are going to experience trouble. We are going to be tempted to believe that God doesn't care, that God's not around, that God's not at work. And Paul invites us to just keep trusting God. To keep being open to receiving the love of God. To keep seeking God. Because God's love for us is inseparable. And that God is there. And it may not be until years later that you see it. But God is at work in your life trying to do something Thanks be to God for this promise.